We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, new midday show here on WIP with you. 215-592-9494. That is how you get on the phone lines. We'll get back to the whole discussion about Joel Embiid, about Jonathan Gannon, about the Eagles trying to replace him at defensive coordinator in just a couple minutes. But right now, Hugh, why don't you welcome this guy? And a former teammate of yours, we're very excited. This, this is not only an uh, exciting moment for our listeners because everyone wants to hear what this guy has to say, but he's also will always be remembered as our first guest here on, on our show uh, our next guest, you want to introduce this guy. Man, listen, this is one of my absolute favorite players that I've ever played with. The the most fond memory I have of this guy is we were playing the New York Giants, and I remember what was his Tiki Barber was running, and he was getting ready to uh, – he he was – it was a run play. And I, I was, you know, behind the play as usual, so I'm going to make the tackle. And at the last minute, Tiki Barber ducks down, and the only thing I saw was a number 20 jersey and a pair of wings, and they knocked me completely out. <laughs> On, on on the field, and I remember watching the video, and this guy was praying over me, hoping that I wasn't hurt. Snot bubbles and everything <laughs> coming out my nose. My man, Brian Dawkins. B, what's going on, man? <laughs> yeah, you book, remember man? that play, don't I, you? Yeah, I remember dog. I remember dog going it. I, and listen, I, I had, ooh, well, I was about to give it to Oh, yeah, you, you were, but you gave it to done. me instead. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, though. That that, that might have been the first time I ever gave somebody a snot bubble. <laughs> yeah. Serious <laughs> talk. That's the first. That wasn't the last time, but that was the first time I could. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I was the first. I just, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad I was able to, to to get past that. But B, what you been up to, man? I've I've been here. Like when we introduced and, and talked about the fact that you were gonna be on here, a lot of people talked about the fact that you were, you know, motivational speaking and everything like that. So how you been doing, man? What you been up to? Absolutely blessed, man. Just inspirational speaking, man. Just life life coaching with people, trying to help people um, do things a lot better than than they thought they could. Right. So waking up things inside of them, but. Um, just being me, brother, you know, I was kind of the same thing when I was your teammate, uh, to be honest with you, is helping people where I can, where I can and, and just being an inspiration in those spaces. Well, Doc, we're so happy to have you on this morning or this afternoon, and so many people listening to us right now still hurting from eight days ago as Super Bowl the Eagles were winning by 10 and, and had a chance to finish, and they didn't. Brian, very curious what you thought about the holding call on James Bradbury as a former defensive back. I mean, he admitted after the game he did hold him, but – I go back to this. There were no holdings the entire game. I always think of you know NFL and officiating kind of like a baseball strike zone. Like if you let it go all game, if you kind of establish it's going to be, you could be physical. Maybe a defensive back says, "Okay, I could be physical." What did you make of the call on James Bradbury with less than two minutes to go? Well, how you described it is how oftentimes we play it. So you go out early in the game, and I remember kind of learning this from actually Troy Presenter. You know, you kind of. See how how what you can get away with early, and see how they call in the game, and then you can play the game that way the rest of the game. And so they hadn't really called anything that whole game, um, pass interference, call offensive pass into the rubs, nothing. And so at that point, as a defensive back, you probably would feel okay with 
doing that, giving a little tug. It wasn't a true pull and, and hold on to. It was a quick tug, and usually they don't call those things, but, but they did. But they did. You know, you know, dog, we've been talking about Coach Gannon a lot this morning and, and the way that he ran his defense. Quite frankly, a lot of people didn't like him because they, they didn't think that he blitzed enough. When you look at this defense from afar, how do you, how do you assess Coach Gannon's uh, a job how did, that he did this year? How do you assess that? So what Rich did is he took advantage of the personnel that the front office gave them. Got, got a lot of dudes that could win one-on-one battles. And so he put those guys in position to have that success during the year. The only thing that I kept saying the whole year is that when your fastball is not working, you have to have a changeup. Mm-hmm. And you have to be used to throwing that changeup. You know, for us, we're going to blitz, right? We're going to disguise. We're going to move around. And so it, you know, just like I know, Hugh, that how many times we walk through blitzes. We walk through specific angles. This is the trajectory. This is the angle excuse you want to take. So as one offensive lineman can't block two, those type of mm-hmm. things. And so for a team that does not blitz, and when you ask them to blitz, it's a foreign subject to them. So that's why for me, and people were getting on me, well, they're getting sacks. Well, I love the sacks. Continue to get the sacks. But also mix in the blitz so that those guys know what to do when, pl- when plan A is not working and you have to go to plan B. Plan B happened this past um, uh, past Sunday, because you weren't win- you weren't winning your one on one battles. Why? Because the field was jacked up. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things that neutralizes speed rushes. Right? It's a sloppy field. That was a sloppy field. So you have to do other things. And Rich did not do a good job of adjusting to that, to getting away from his fastball, going to uh, uh, change ups or different blitz packages. And as for me, playing under um, under this defensive coordinator, me personally, I would have hated it because. None of the things that I was blessed to do, blitzing and all of those things, would have been added to this defense under uh, Rich Gannon. You know, and speaking of that a little bit, dog, talk about the, you talk about the back end personnel and everything. Talk about how difficult it is to to call some of those blitzes when you don't have or or it's perceived that you don't have the guys back there that can lock them up like you want to. And see, that's the thing. You you had that. You had cover guys. So when when CJ Gardner went down. You didn't have those individuals. I think I forget the nickel. Um, I forget his name. Avante, Avante Maddox. I'm sorry, Avante. I'm sorry, Avante. I, you hear this? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so you have everyone back. Everyone's healthy. So there's no need to play this deep, protect the deep part of the field, and they don't have the speed demon that they had a couple of years ago. So there's no reason to play that very laid back, um, casual defense. Take it, making sure that nobody gets over the top of you. You have cover guys. You have two of the best cornerbacks in the National Football League as far as percentage thrown against them. So why wouldn't you then do that? Especially, like I said, when your fastball is not working and mm-hmm. you saw that. No matter, no matter how many times they changed their cleats, they still were falling. So you have to move to something else. And that something else was being more elaborate, being bringing blitzes, and then not blitzing just on downs that they anticipate you blitzing on. Doc, how big of a challenge do you think it's going to be for the next guy? Not, not just because the expectations and, and, and you know people want to go back to the Super Bowl, but they could have a lot of new players, right? We have four or five or six free agents on defense. They have two first-round picks. Both could be on defense. So it could be a new defense next year. 
and a young defense. What kind of challenge is that going to be? Whoever this next guy is, you know, there's names out there, Vance Joseph, Jim Leonard, that they're interviewing. But how big of a challenge is it going to be for the next guy to come in and try to piece it all together while, you know, trying to have the defense ready to go to try to compete for a Super Bowl? And that's the thing. You're going to be learning your personnel as a new defensive coordinator when you come into this organization. So whomever they have, the defensive coordinators are going to have to learn who it is, what they have, and what packages to bring. I, me personally, I would love it to be Vance because I know he's aggressive. I know that he's elaborate. I know he blitzes. I know that he does mix his things up uh, to, uh, in, in different situations. So I would love that hire. You know, dog, I, we, we were sitting there talking about because you know they're looking for an offensive coordinator too. So in your opinion, what is the absolute most important hire for Coach Sirianni this year? Is it going to be the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator and why? You there, Doc? Man, you, you asked. Yeah, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Man, you asked me a question. You know, you like. You I already know, know what you're gonna say, Doc, but I still gotta ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, to me, it's gonna be defense. The coordinator. We saw what happens when you can't stop somebody. Uh-huh. We saw that. We saw that when we when when you need that one play to be made in that crunch time situation, we saw what can happen. And so, to me, you have to have a strong defense, especially here in, especially in Philadelphia, man. Like, but I, can, I, can, I can almost guarantee that the fans did not like a shootout. I know usually fans love big, all the points being scored, but I can guarantee you Philadelphia, like, they hated that, all the points being put on the board, right? Yeah. So, to me, you have to get a defensive coordinator, someone that, once again, when they come into Philadelphia, it's a feared place. Not just because we can win one-on-one battle, one-on-one battles. It's also because the defensive coordinator has a gut feeling about a specific situation, and you know that he's going to call the right blitz, right pressure. Sometimes a run pressure, sometimes a pass pressure, sometimes a fake pressure. You drop back in zone, right? So all of those different elaborate ways of attacking the offense to have you coming into Philadelphia like a little afraid to come in there, not just because of the talent. Because of the dog on uh, play calling as well. This right here, this is why I don't work out with dog. Dog be trying to give you to work out with him. I ain't fooling with dog, man. Dog gonna have me in there. Dog gonna have me in there trying to lift weight. I ain't got no business climbing up under, man. See this because he gets you motivated like that. That's that's my teammate right there, man. You got me all excited up in this here place, man. <laughs> Doc, how impressed were you no, no. with with Jalen in the Super Bowl? Jalen Hurts and how he played. And we know we all know he had the one mistake and the one fumble, but it, it just it felt like he went to a, a pretty special level for a lot of that game. But again, like why 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 did that surprise you? It didn't. Well, no, it didn't. But you, that's the only question I ask. Yeah, you know, it should, I guess it shouldn't surprise us anymore. It, why why does it continue to surprise you when he does that? <laughs> when he raises his level of play. To match the moment, has he not done that in the past? I did, he didn't do it in Alabama, so you know he had to move somewhere else. He did it when he went somewhere else, and he kept continuing to get better. That's the mindset this young man has. So I don't, again, I don't Ooh. see why all of a sudden you think a healthy Jalen ankle was okay, shoulders not okay. Why wouldn't you think that on the greatest stage he would go out and do what he did? I just don't get it. Ooh. Well, Joe. Well, no, he did it. Now, Brian, I'm I'm a fan of Jalen. I, I am. I, I'm impressed, and it just feels like he. You know, we keep saying this. He keeps, he gets better and better. Uh, I'm assuming you think he could get even better from here because every year you look at his trajectory from yeah, Alabama, he, yeah, Oklahoma, he about, this year. You think he gets better again? Absolutely. I, I, like when you when you are a competitor, listen, man, listen. 
you, you know this, man. When you are someone that's a competitor, when you have to get better because you know that there is no such thing as staying plat, pat, like you don't go up. Jim used to say this all the time, that every year we come in as a defense, you will, won't be the same. You're going to either be worse or better. It's the same thing with any and all positions. You never go into that next year expecting to be the same because you won't be. And if you go into the next year expecting to be the same, you're going to be worse. So I was very hard on myself as far as what I needed to get better at every daggum offseason. I don't care how many years that I played. And to me, he has that same mentality. He's going to nitpick. I'm pretty sure he has people in his corner that's going to shoot him straight too. Yeah, you played – that was a good – pass or that was a good run or whatever the case may be but look at this look at that look at these things to me he has that mentality and that's a great mentality to have for a young person coming up in, in philadelphia so i guess the only question left for us dog is how much money you think Jimmy gonna get this <laughs> offseason because he about to get paid he is he is i, I have a feeling it, it will be they will make it as friendly as possible I, I have a feeling it's going to lean towards similar to what um, Kansas City did with um, Patrick Mahomes. So they're going to try to sign him to a long-term long contract. Yeah, long-term deal. Yeah, that's for, I just for some reason I just I can I, I feel that. Yeah, it makes sense for the organization, Brian. If they did it that way, lower that cap hit, Brian. We appreciate you you hopping on. Uh, you're our first guest on on the you and Joe. So we really appreciate. It. Thank you. Appreciate you. Love you, brother. And you know this, man. <laughs> I can't wait to see you, man. Congratulations to you. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate yes, it, Brian. There he goes. Brian Dawkins, Eagles legend there. That's my um, food, Brian, man. Brian, Brian, get to talking, man. You get to thinking you could do things you really ain't supposed to well, be doing at 51 years up. old, man. Doc, Doc had you been hurting yourself, though, because Doc, 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 Doc's still intense. Still intense. Oh, I, could, I could feel it through the phone there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all day. Couple all things day. I thought were interesting from that conversation. One, Vance Joseph stood out to him as someone who could. Yeah, because Doc wanted a blitz. You heard? What you could steal it. You he wanted a blitz on the Doc, phone. Doc wants to play football right now, and Doc had me and Ike out there <laughs> trying to play with him. If he get to talking, we both gonna be out there trying to play, knowing damn well we ain't got no business You'd out there. Probably hurt yourself. Yeah, too. hurt yourself real bad. Yeah, that's that's the thing, man. Doc has always been that guy. And and to hear him talk, it, it still it still gets the juices flowing, man. Making me think I can do stuff I know damn well I can't do. Yeah, well, you know what? We really appreciate him hopping on that. That was a great spot. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine for Matt in Potsdam. The Matt, what's up, Matt? Matt. Hey guys, great show. Wishing you many years of of greatness and happiness. Um, to follow Brian Dawkins. Holy moly, what a day! That doesn't happen every know, day, buddy. Matt. You got that? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. What's up? What are you thinking? Hey, I want to talk a little Eagles, Jonathan Gannon, and the little Sixers at the end if we have time. So, first off, all the talk seems to be about Jonathan Gannon. I wasn't thrilled with him through through the past two years, all right? I can't say I was one of the people that were banging the drum. You know, I hate the guy, so on and so forth, because he did do some good things. He had a ton of talent. But with those things being said, and you're talking about will he be missed, I say absolutely not. Because, Joe, I ask you this because you've been on the air for quite some time. Within the last two years, has anybody ever called and said, man, I miss Schwartz? No, no, that has not happened. Exactly. exactly. Not one time. And, not one time. And, and and he gave up a five spot in the Super Bowl. They still won. So no one in their right mind is going to call up and say, hey, I miss, I miss Jonathan Gannon, unless the Eagles are to do something crazy, like bring an offensive coordinator in as a D coordinator, but flip it. Like, you know what I'm saying? They've done that in the past. 
So yeah, let's not do another Juan Castillo. Let's not do it, Matt. Exactly, let's not do it. Exactly. <laughs> Unless they do something crazy. Nobody's saying they're missing Jonathan Gannon. Now, my part about what we need to do moving forward, it was so, uh, you know, that, that dog said the things that he said. I agree. I think the next person that comes in isn't a person that's going to be under great scrutiny, you know, because you are going to have a, a, a turnover of some talent and different things like that. But it has to be a person that puts their stamp on whatever it is that they're going to do. If they're a big zone person, a big blitz person, or whatever, as long as they're putting their stamp on it, I think it'll be okay. And this goes back to a caller you had just a little bit ago, who I swear sounded like a very calm Seth Joyner. I think his name was Jake, all right? He made, a, he made the comment about adhering to the fans or doing things Pan, like He that. called it pandering. Yeah, pan- yeah, yeah, well, yeah, with pandering. the uh, yeah. with the Syrian pan- pandering, yeah. pandering was strong. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, he so did do some pandering. <laughs> we can admit it. The, the beat right, Dallas well, T-shirts. <laughs> you had Jonathan Gannon, and then you got Nick Sirianni. I do not think Nick Sirianni panders in any way. I think this is genuinely him. You see how he is. You saw the first press conference. I don't think anything you see out of him is is you know contrived or fake. Jonathan Gannon, on the other hand, has left here. And are you? Did you guys see the video out there trying to call that red pigeon bird gang? The, the bird gang? Are you kidding me? That seems so disingenuous. What's that up, first bird handshake gang? with <laughs> that first handshake with Kyle Murray. I'm telling you, that is a disaster that I am going to love and eat my popcorn. Yeah, but that's watching. that's all more on Murray. Murray's the problem. I mean, you know, yeah, you oh, you absolutely. might be right. I, I don't expect Anna to win Super Bowls out there, but that's that's the Murray yeah. problem. But yeah, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat my popcorn and watch that for the next two years until they get until they see what he's all about, Train and then me. they get rid of the two of them. <laughs> um, so there's my thing on the Eagles. Where we're at? Do I have a minute to get into the Sixers? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think on Embiid playing 28 minutes in the All Star game? It drove me crazy, Matt. I got to tell you, I was not thrilled when I saw it, especially after you come out and you talk about how you don't even know if you're gonna play, and then you hang out 28 minutes. I mean, I thought that was a little bit. Goofy, especially if all of a sudden we see some uh, some downtime out of him in the next weeks to come, which he, obviously he's going to need. So it's not; it doesn't sit well with me, especially if it comes up with any type of red flag. I don't want to say those words, but if anything comes up in the red flag in the next month to two months, I'm going to be really irritated that he played 28 minutes in that game. But I wanted to know what your what your thoughts were. Do you think they should go after a guy like Kevin Love? Because I think he could really add something. To, to our playoff run. So I thought, Matt, we appreciate it, Matt. Appreciate you calling the show. So I did think Love, uh, you could have been an interesting addition, but he, he chose the Heat. He's going to the Miami Heat. Kevin Love chose the Miami Heat to go to. He got bought out by the uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, so that mm-hmm. option is is off the board now. So no no Kevin Love coming to Philadelphia. He chose Miami. Yeah, I kind of find, I find, I find that kind of interesting, knowing what you know about Philadelphia and, and being here. I thought he would probably pick Philadelphia. Well, I also think it's it's it maybe a red flag because Cleveland's pretty good. They're they're right behind the six for the Eastern Conference. Like, why'd they just dump him? Usually you get bought out by a bad team, right? Mm-hmm. The bad team trades for you or they just let you go and you go sign with a contender. Usually contenders don't just cut players that could still help. Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird thing. He maybe. might be he might be cooked. You think so? I, I mean, d- like he might be Russell. Yeah. Russell. Oh, who also got uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Like I heard I read somewhere where he's going to the uh, Clippers, What's Clippers, Clippers, Clip Show. Yeah, I mean these guys bounce around this time around the NBA, and, and once in a while you get a, I mean, you get a couple players off the off the buyout market that could help. Mm-hmm. But I, the love thing that, that went to Miami. Let's go to Bob, the neighbor. Bob, my neighbor. What's up, Bob? Bob. Hey Joe, how you doing? Hey you. What's going I on? To, uh, wish you best of luck in your new time slot. Thank uh, you very much. Thanks, sir. Bob. What are you thinking today? Well, you know, always talk about Gannon. I I had a question. Didn't the Eagles sign that defensive coordinator Vic? for like a two-week contract to help. 
I mean, his record against the Chiefs wasn't good. Like, what were they expecting him to come up with? Some magical plan? Yeah, Vic Fangio. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. so he, was he like a, a consultant? He was yeah. a consultant, right? I remember and he, that. And he was here during training camp, so there was a relationship here. Like, he kind of hung out, and, and I guess he was kind of helping the whole time. But you're right, Bob. It was a little. It was a little ironic because the Chiefs had, had torched his defense with the, the Broncos all those years, anyway. Yeah, I saw the uh, stats in the newspaper with the uh, with the you know when they hired him. I'm thinking, I don't think he's helped. <laughs> I think they. Listen, let's blame let's opposite. blame Vic Fangio. It's, no, I like it's, this. It's his fault. <laughs> yeah, we'll blame Vic. The hell, he doing here? All right, guys, we gotta get back to work. But listen, best of luck, Bob. We appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate it. Work. Yeah, the Fangio thing. That was that's one of those things. You, if it worked, if they had won the game, it would be, be like, a big wow. deal. Yeah, it would have been a big deal, but it. I thought I saw that Fangio was actually brought in to consult our offense based on what he knew about the Chiefs' defense. Oh, you're trying to counter, to counter what mm. they as were opp- doing. Yeah, as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. I don't think he was consulting with our defense. Yeah, and he was, he was, wasn't he kind of helping all year anyway? He, like, yeah, he was here as a, I guess they called him a senior consultant. So I, I love that title. It's just, we'll, we'll pay you to hang out. Like, you, you give any knowledge you can. Well, you have to be old to get the senior tag, right? I'm okay with We're that. We've been around a while. Yeah. I'm okay with senior consultants. You try to get a what senior check, consultant what job? What that check look like? What the check look like? Pretty oh, I good. don't know. That was pretty, pretty <laughs> chunky. I'm it sure it was a, a good check. check. Pretty chunky. Yeah, but now he's got a bigger one because he went down to Miami. Like, the Vic Fangio thing would have been the obvious choice if he didn't go to Miami. Mm-hmm. He was already here, right? He's a consultant. And, and he knows the team, and, and you would think that they're still, whoever they bring in or whoever they hire, if it, even if it's from within, you would think that they're still going to try to put their stamp and their wrinkle on this. Sure. You know, and, 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 and it was something to Doc's point. You know, he's, he's right. When we, bl- we blissed a lot. We blissed on rundowns. But we practiced that every day. We practiced that every day. That that's what we did that every day. That was probably sixty to seventy percent of what we did defensively. So yeah, that that he's right about that. Well, it was interesting the way he framed it because he, you know, it wasn't. He, I don't think he minds that Gannon didn't blitz a lot, but they weren't effective enough when he did it. And his point was, well, you don't practice it, you don't do it enough. So it's almost like a baseball, right? You can't just throw a pitch that you never throw. You got to work on. Yeah, that you got to work because you're going to get cooked. Yeah. If you throw it well, in, and what happened with that touchdown to Sky Moore? The Eagles got cooked and. Cooked. Gannon said it today. They got absolutely cooked on that play. Let's grab uh, Steve in Westchester. What's up, Steve? Steve. Hey, guys. How we doing today? Congratulations on the new posting. Thank you, Steve. What's up, buddy? Um, And Hugh, I would like to see you back up the Westchester area, man. We're real glad you're you're back up here. But uh, I wanted to just make a quick point about uh, about the man who brought the only Super Bowl to Philadelphia, Doug Peterson. he wasn't allowed to hire his own coaches. So, what makes everybody think that Nick Sirianni's going to hire his own coaches? Well, Steve, it's a it's I, I, an interesting point, but you, the the staff you know I mean? the, the staff that Doug had after that first staff, right? The first staff with with Frank Reich and Filippo and Schwartz, it was good. And then once those guys started to leave, the staff wasn't as good. So whoever's fault it was, like I, I, it is a worry for me that Sirianni's got to replace both these guys now. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it is kind of worrisome. Um, I did want to ask you a question. Um, what do you think about? Uh, just wanted to. I'll hang up and listen. What, what do you guys think of, or Hugh? What do you think about the Eric Bieniemy situation? I mean, it sounds like he needed to get out from underneath Andy Reid. To, I guess people didn't think he proved himself enough under Andy, so now he's got to go uh, BOC somewhere else because he is taking a step sideways. And uh, good luck, guys. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Thank Steve. You. you know the Eric Bieniemy story is really really weird because you you hear at for like about three or four years he was one of the hottest coordinators that was out there. Yep. And then all of a sudden, he wasn't. And then you start hearing these stories about something that happened in the past when he was at Colorado. And then you're hearing different stories about his interview process and things like that. I don't know. It's hard to say. 
don't want to put anything out there that I've heard that I have not had a chance to vet because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're getting it from secondhand. But this Eric Bieniemy story is really strange, and it's really strange that he decided to take a lateral move and go with with the uh, Commodores. You know, and, and he went Washington. to a team that's worse with a worse yeah quarterback. with a worse quarterback like with a with I Way guess worse. I guess it's one of those situations where he wants to prove his worth. If you know if that's the case and and show how what he can really do. It's going to be interesting to see, though, because to your point, who is the quarterback? Heineke? Heineke? And Howell. Be, it's going to be Howell this Heineke year. Heineke and Sam Howell. Howell. Come on, man. Like, you you went from a Hall of Fame quarterback to, like, a dude. Like, two dudes. Well, it feels like he's desperate to me. Like, I, I now what I'm doing is not working, right? I can't get the head coach a job, so I got to try I gotta try something else. But, but whose fault is that? I mean, because I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, and I know that, that people are talking about Coach, Ray, Coach Reed is overshadowing him and everything. He was a hot coordinator. For a few years, and then all of a sudden he would go on interviews, and then all, you wouldn't hear anything. So I don't know. It, it's it's kind of hard to say. I, yeah. I do not know. Obviously, there's different people, different situations, but it does speak to why uh, Gannon probably took the job, right? You, you don't you get a chance to be a head coach in the NFL, you just do it. You you take the job. Yeah, you right? take it you as, as quickly as possible. Because the enemy's star has fallen, obviously, over the last couple of years. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. That's how you hop in. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio. I think the Eagles are going to miss Jonathan Gannon here. And the Embiid stuff just just drives me crazy that he played 28 minutes in the All-Star game. Also, the Phillies, spring training has begun. Pitchers and catchers have been there a little while. The hitters are getting in. They're taking batting practice. And how about this, Hugh? The manager, Rob Thompson, hinted at who his leadoff hitter will be when the season begins. We'll hit that next. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Where would you like to see Trey back for your ball club? Well, you know, it all depends when Harp gets back. But before Harp gets back, I think we're probably going to 
have him in the leadoff spot because he's, oh, yeah, yeah. he's high on base, high slug too, we have, after but high on base and, and, and um, we need that and, and that gives you more of a chance to have somebody on base when Schwarber gets up and, and, and Hoskins and JT. So I think that's probably where we're leaning right now. I miss the voice of Topper, and that's how you know baseball's come back. Welcome back. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. The voice, of course, you have Rob Thompson, Phillies manager, asked what he's going to do. I mean, really one of the biggest stories from the minute the Phillies signed Trey Turner was how they're going to use the lineup because <laughs> yeah. Turner is you kind of look phenomenal. At him, he's great, and you think of him as a leadoff hitter. Even though he hit two and three for the Dodgers, you think of him like he's kind of like that classic leadoff hitter. But Kyle Strober, man, last year when they moved him to the leadoff spot, they left him there. He was incredible, so it's like, what do you do? So that was interesting because I think he gave the answer most people want and expect, which is Turner will hit leadoff, but he said until Harp comes back. That was kind of a hedge on it. Yeah. So my the way I read that was opening day, we're going to see Trey Turner leadoff, but I don't know if that's the whole year. Yeah, and it was like just reading some of the stories about Trey Turner. He just wants to get comfortable wherever it is he's hitting. Mm-hmm. And to your point, out of all three spots, he's been phenomenal. He's phenomenal so, everywhere. So it's like when you talk about this lineup that you already have, to be able to put him anywhere in this lineup and he can still have success, that's a great problem to have for anybody. Yeah, you know, I think opening day people will see him in the leadoff spot. It's it's amazing that they had a great season, or the good season, great playoff run, and then as soon as free agency opens, boom, they just had a $300 million shortstop. Yeah, because what you got to do in that, that situation, when, when you caught lightning in a bottle, like you did, because I mean, that's, that's what, what you it had. Was. That's what it was. That's what you had. You you change the manager, and then everything starts clicking. You have to go out when you make it to the World Series, and you make a playoff push the way that you did. You have to go out and get competitive. You got to make a big splash, and that's exactly what Trey Turner was. Well, I'm just glad they didn't sit on their hands because they they weren't good enough to just say, "Oh, we'll just run it back and go back to the World Series." They needed to get better. They did, and it sounds like Turner will be the leadoff hitter when this season. Begins. I like Schwarber at the top, though. Like when everyone's healthy, I because I, I I don't like like Schwarber and Harper are both lefties. I like mm-hmm. separating those guys because that's the, what they was talking about. With, yeah. with, when you when you put Turner in there, you can kind of switch that. You can change end. that up a little bit. But at the same point, if if it's clicking and Turner's doing well and Hart and you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a little hard to just switch it midseason. But I think it all depends on on number one how the season starts, right? And how 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 hot people are or how hot that they could potentially get in the in the front of that lineup. And we'll see when how long it takes Harper to get back. We don't know. I mean, it, they've said around the All-Star break, maybe it's earlier, maybe, mm-hmm. it, you know, we don't know. I mean, there's a lot of variables Good problem there. to have, though. Of course, Great problem. Bryce Harper's going to come back. I mean, like, they're, they're going to have a pretty good team anyway. And then Harper's going to come back in the middle of the year. It's, it's a good problem to have. T is in Collegeville. T's on WIP. What's up, T? Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Congratulations on your new show. I had to call in. Well, Thank you very much, kind sir. Happy to have you, T. What's up, buddy? Um, no, man, it's, I just feel, man, I still hurt, man. I still hurt on the whole Eagles season, and it's funny, man. Kind of had the answer to the test, but and, um, I guess we just kind of hope differently. And um, you know, being a realist, you know, me and you, Joe, we had some conversations on where how it was going, and these DC and OCs, and what Jalen was going to be, and. I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised uh, that Jalen did so well and the team did so well. And we had these questions about the uh, special teams coordinator and the offense coordinator in D.C., but, man, it still hurts. It still saw the wound, man. And, and uh, I'm trying to get over it, trying to get past it, and, and I'm just looking forward. And now looking forward and seeing where we're going, I just feel as though uh, your question more or less was, uh, you know, are, are we going to miss or, or be hurt by the gang loss? And realistically, you know, taking the goggles off, you have to have to answer that yes intelligently, um, you know, because you know even if, even if you didn't believe in Gannon, uh, he did some good things, 
And me, myself, I always thought it was the players more than Gannon. Um, but but you're going to take a step back, man. I, I, re- I really think so unless, you know, the candidate comes in is really proven. And, and that's why myself, I have said that, you know, I really feel as though they're going to bring an out-of-the-house D.C. in. Uh, I just feel as though the writing's on the wall. And, and let me paint you a quick picture before you go. I know you got other callers to get to. Is that uh, I, I just think that Sirianni, he, um, he really respects the idea of having a mentor and that senior uh, presence in his life, whether it be out-house or in-house. And he gets that from his brothers. And Frank Reich, he talked about expressively, and he had that now inside house with Stoutland. Uh, and, and looking at when they make the possible Brian Johnson up, you know, he has himself and Stoutland to lean on if he has any regards to what Brian Johnson cannot do. And, and looking on the other side of the ball, I just don't feel like there's that senior presence. And if I'm right on this, and I think I just keep, keep going back to it, I just feel like a senior D.C. would just kind of fit into what they're trying to do. They're trying to win a Super Bowl. If you look at a lot of the past Super Bowl winners, uh, experience on a coaching staff is a major factor that people just overlook. Well, T, T I, th- I think you're right. I, it was, I think it's one of the biggest things that happened in the Chiefs game. Look at, look at the experience yeah. in that coaching staff, which we'd be, we talked about the enemy who had been there before, Andy Reid. We talked Spagnolo, obviously. T, man, we always appreciate you. Um, I, I think he might be right on that, that they go for someone on defense that's – it doesn't have to be older, Hugh. It doesn't – like, age is in it, but experience. more experience. Yeah. I, I think that there's definitely something to that. But I'm also a guy – that remembers when when Steve Spagnuolo was a, 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 off, a defensive coach. He right. wasn't a he wasn't a, a off defensive coordinator. I remember when Andy Reid's first year when he was making mistakes. It's about it's about getting that experience and 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 being comfortable in certain situations. I think that you know there's a lot to be said about the fact that this was coach Coach Sirianni's first time making it to the big game mm-hmm. and he made some mistakes that I'm pretty sure he wish he could have back. With that, the whole experience thing, I get what you're saying, but you also have to remember, you got to be able to relate to these players. That's why when you look at it, coordinators are getting younger and younger. You know, they are. Coaches are getting younger and younger because they're trying to get guys that relate to the players. Bill Belichick is a guy that has his son on the staff so that he could bridge that gap between him and the, and, the, and the generation gap that he's a part of. Well, it's a big gap. The, yeah, it's a huge gap. <laughs> We're talking about 50 but that's years. Why, yeah, and that's why he has his son there, so that you could do that. So so that's just, I hear what everybody's saying, but it's also important that you have coaches that these guys can look at and relate to on some level. Yeah, and, and the last staff they put together was was very young, across very, the board. Very young. very young. And look, in two years they got to a Super Bowl, so it worked to a, to a large extent. But we'll see what they do with this hire. Right? Just from the, the guys they're interviewing, so Vance Joseph, Sean Desai, Jim Leonard, Joseph's obviously the oldest one of all of them, but they're all more experienced than Gannon was, right? Yeah. Len- Leonard more in college. He's been the coordinator at Wisconsin. Desai was an assistant head coach with the Seahawks, and obviously Vance Joseph's been around a while. So and he was a head coach at, at some point. Right, he was a, with the Broncos. He was a head coach. Yeah. yeah, so he has the most experience by far. Tom in Dover wants to comment here We're on, on the uh, MB thing. What's up, Tom? Yo, what's up, guys, man? Congratulations on the show, too. Thank you very I'm much, admit, kind sir. I'm a- I'm a, I'm a midday caller, man, so, you know, y'all going to be hearing from me from me often, man, and I love to rebuttal. You know, uh, Doc pretty much took my took what I had to say, right, what I needed to hear because I believe that Gannon was the problem. I don't – I mean, I've been trying to weigh all these numbers, uh, Phil Capati, uh, uh, Ray Denninger, Hal Eskin. Everybody was saying how good of a defensive coordinator he was, but – 
I just think, man, in the big games and, and some of the big games that we had at him as the defensive coordinator, he didn't show up. So I, that's that's how I feel, man. And I'm, I'm kind of glad he's gone. Well, you and know, Tom, I, I feel I, I hear you, but there weren't that many. I mean, there weren't that many big games, right? It, 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 some of them. Well, the, I'm, I'm, how many well, they have? They had big, what four the last two say, years. Let's not let's not say big games though. Let's say against some of your your big game quarterbacks. Right. You know, even even I was at the Super Bowl, man. I was at I was in Minnesota and I was in Arizona. I started off the year. I started off the year with these dudes in Detroit. You know, and that defense, man, this this been no break defense almost cost us the first game in Detroit. You know, like you back there playing this. Oh, we going bend, but we ain't going break. But eventually, you going break, and that's what happened in the Super Bowl. We broke. You know, and I'm I'm saying that overall, what I believe that. The coaching staff as a whole, Gannon, Sirianni, Steichen, and all of them, man, they got scared. And, and they start playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And that's why we lost that Super Bowl. That's what I believe. You, you know, you, and, and, I, and, and, I, and I wholeheartedly believe that. Because we had that game. That game was there for the taking, you know. But you back there, you, you, you can't get your play calling. Two touchdowns with two open receivers? Well, the fact that it happened twice, yeah, that drives you crazy. You know what? You know what sticks out to me is something that Dog said that I I didn't think about, but I'm thinking about a lot now. If if you're trying to do something that you're not used to doing, that's where you failed at. You know, because he's talking about angles and everything, and 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 I I didn't even I didn't even think about it like that. That that's that's important. And to his point, you know, we we practice blitzing all the time, and if you're not used, if you're trying to call things that you're not comfortable calling because your defense was getting getting home with stunts and everything like that. You're going to be off timing. You're going to be off timing with a whole lot of stuff. So it, it was probably part of that, and I'm pretty sure, even though he, he said, Coach Gannon said that that he has no regrets, he probably regrets that. He's probably going to learn from that. But it's all about experience. Like, listen, man, like for, for them to reach the heights that they reached in such a short period of time, they probably was all surprised about that the way that the season went. Oh, I'm sure. And 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 to be in that game, man, they they're gonna learn from this. It, it's just unfortunate that we're on the learning end of everything that happened in that Super Bowl. Now on it. Now on it. When Kyle, when I first called it, Kyle took the car. Kyle told him what to say about it. Big telling us, I'm I'm hurt and I'm having foot problems. I need to rest. knowing that with second and a half of the season coming up, and that's when we're going to need you the most down the stretch. Ben, I say his foot hurt. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. He had had a chance to have eight days off to rest that foot from the last game to the next game, and he went to play 28 minutes in Utah. It's a disgrace. Coming out to shoot Thursday, we play the Grizzlies. (laughs) I'm talking about fight start, getting right back in it. We play the Grizzlies. And you you, you don't take the the rest. With you, man. I love, I, I love the big man presence on the court, but I don't think the big man is needed in the NBA as much as it was years ago. What's well, not, you know? Tom? It's not. It's not. And he's and yeah. the, the frustrating part, Tom. We appreciate your call, man. The frustrating part is he's a great player. He, he's a great player, but he he is frustrating. There's something about Joel Embiid that drives me crazy. It's, it's not about talent. He has all the talent. He has every skill you want, but there's something like it's just Kyle said earlier. He needs to grow up. Man, listen. I dealt with the same thing. You're talking about Trey Young mm-hmm. down there in Atlanta. 
the, the, the big talk with Trey Young was, you know, went on and got DeJounte Murray, and they, they still cannot, for whatever reason, it's not working. These guys need to, to grow up. But, but what do you do when you have a talent like that? You can't trade him away. You can't you trade him you away. You deal with it. You have to figure out his why and try to put him in the best possible position to be successful and put guys around him that could play off of whatever it is you decide to do with him. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, and, and, well, and I think this team is, is pretty good. They've got a, a good team around him, but it's just his health is always an issue, and it, it just bothers me playing that game. Let's talk to uh, Mike and Berwin. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Congratulations on the new show. Thank you. Thank you. What's up, Mike? So far, it's been a blast listening to you guys. Thank you. We're having fun. Listen, I, I got to be with the rest of the callers. I think Gannon was the problem, you know, and – I wanted to ask both of you is what you thought about putting Seth as linebackers coach. Well, to, to echo what, what you said earlier, <laughs> we're not sure Seth really I wants to do Seth this. I don't think Seth wants to do that, man. Listen, I, I love Seth to death, to death, but I don't, I don't, I don't think he wants that drama. I don't think he wants that that headache. So you're of, to Mike's guy. point though, they did lose their linebackers coach this weekend too. Uh, Gannon took him out to become the coordinator in Arizona. Nick Rails, he's mm-hmm. 29 years old. That's a great a job to have coordinator. as a 29-year-old. Wow. Man. So, so, Mike, they do need a linebackers coach. I'm just not sure Seth is, uh, wants to do this. And I just thought that this would be the spot to get him introduced into coaching. You know, I just, you know, to have Seth Hart into this team, I truly believe, you know, we had the talent this year. And I think, you know, going on the next couple years, we lose a lot of guys. It's going to be harder. Heck, you're going to lose a lot of guys this offseason. Like in the next three weeks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I just, I would love to see somebody like Seth with his heart to come back in. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, 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 you and half the city would. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike we appreciate it. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Every time the defense struggles, Seth Joyner no, is listen, brought up. Every time. Let me tell you, I, I would just love to see – Blown coverages, blown assignments, and pan straight to Seth on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> the veins <laughs> popping out of his head. That that would be. I was just like, oh, who who Seth cussing out right now? Everybody's not built for that. I'm not like. Listen, I don't I don't know Seth well enough to say what he would be as a coach. But Seth's pretty intense. Mm. He loves football, so I don't think I'm 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 reaching when I say he would be intense. No, you got to be used to. Being able to be talked to some kind of way, and I don't think I don't think these cats built for that. Well, these players, at, at, nah, nah, ain't this generation. I used yeah. to get cussed out every day. Yeah, that's not going to work anymore. <laughs> I, here's what I want. I, I don't need Seth as a coach. I want a Seth cam. I want a camera on Seth that's every it. every time there's a blown cover. Ooh, coverage. somebody blew a cover. What's Seth doing? Yelling, <laughs> <laughs> screaming at somebody. Let's talk to Hutch in Northeast Philly. What's up, Hutch? Hutch. Yo, guys, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, Hutch. All good. Listen, I have another perspective on the game, the Super Bowl in particular. I don't like the word blame. I like the word accountability. And the offense has a large accountability in the second half. Here's what happened. The Chiefs offense scored 31 points. They had 14 points after three quarters. The Eagles had 21, excuse me, 24 in the first half. And in the second half, they had 28 yards rushing and 119 yards passing. A couple more first downs for Eagles, and you don't give Mahomes the opportunity to do what he did. Obviously, we could put we could look at what the defense lacked. That's simple, and that's pretty apparent. However, Gannon, look, we had four guys with ten plus sacks, third all time in sacks for the defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, the man is 
he's not a joke. You know, it was Mahomes, it was the number one offense. That we were outcoached a little bit by Reed, I, I would have to say that. Again, accountability, not blame, and you cannot put this on the defense because of what the offense did in the first half. There's four quarters to football. We played the first two quarters, they played the second two quarters. Well, I know, yeah, you're, you you're right. Uh, and and to, the point of, to the point of not giving them more opportunities, it, it still bothers me, and Hutch, we appreciate it. It still bothers me that they punted that ball away in the fourth of three. It still bothers me. I see it does. Can I, can I just interject something? Because I just got a, 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 a tweet. Well, a text. Breaking news from text? somebody. A breaking news Okay. Text. We always got to pass on the breaking news to everybody. From, from Howard Eskin. Uh-oh. He said, Pete Rose 100% gave him the nickname, <laughs> the king. The frauds who gave themselves nicknames are the fraud James. And Joe DeCamera. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> Got to rip the camera in there. <laughs> hey, see, that's what I'm saying, man. With, with, like, listen, I'm like, I'm, I am like Howard Eskin's black son or godson or <laughs> uncle or nephew, whatever the hell, whatever the designation is. So, you know, when he texts, man, I got I to respond. Well, H- Howard, in a, in a lot of ways, is responsible for this show being together. Howard yeah. worked with me a lot yeah. the last six years. He, he's part of why you're here. He, Kyle worked with him on See, Saturday. that's what I'm saying. We can't, we can't give ourselves nicknames, man. We can't we can't. Well, we, we didn't we give can't. ourselves nicknames. Someone no, gave us saying, Yeah. P- people didn't like that one. He said LeFraud James. Yeah, he so, I guess he means LeBron. That's what he brought. Yeah, he, he won't even put him top five. Joe, right? Wait a minute. What is Joe DeCamera's nickname? He gave himself a nickname? The Hammer. Oh, you can't, Joe. <laughs> You can't do that. <laughs> Which is already taken in Philly sports, by the way, by, by an old Flyers player. Right. Yeah, he's the hammer. Wait a minute. Well, listen. There's a lot you'll learn. Uh, well, just hearing. Well, why is he called? Why he call himself the hammer, though? Well, good, well, then they have the segment every Friday, uh, beat the hammer. Drop, oh, he drops the hammer. hammer he dropping drops, anchor or something? Drop, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? He, he bringing heat? <laughs> what, what does that mean? I, I, you know what? I never know what's going on yeah, on that show. You know what? The only... The only no, I'm gonna go ahead and leave that alone. This <laughs> hammer is day. a tool. That is true. <laughs> that, this, this is my first day. I'm gonna go ahead and leave that one alone. All right, you know this was a fun day. First fun can't day. Be, you can't be calling yourself the hammer if you ain't bringing no heat. Well, I, I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? What, what do you <laughs> think? One day in the books. Would you, you feel good? I feel good. Man. That was fun. I feel good. What are you doing the rest of the day? Any more, uh, any more Jurassic Park? Oh, or was that no, just man, yesterday? Uh, I saw your video. You're at yeah, Jurassic Park. Yeah, I was, went to Jurassic Park with my son. We hung out. He How was talked, that? It was great, man. He talked some lady to death. Thank you, whoever this lady was that my son was talking to. Thank you so much for being so patient, because it was like he was teaching her about dinosaurs. He's four, uh, so that, he was like teaching her that sweet dinosaur. Yeah. Age. And he's like, "Yo, yo, let me tell you something. Let me show you something." And I'm like, "Dude, calm down." And she's like, "Oh no, he's fine. He's fine." So yeah, it it was fun time, man. Fun being back here in Philadelphia. Uh, fun hanging out with him. We're gonna do a lot of that. So if if anybody's around and you see my son Harper, he likes to talk, especially when he feels like he knows more than you. Well, usually around that age, they feel like they know everything. Yeah, like they certainly so he, feel like especially they know that. when it comes to dinosaurs. So yeah, he's a he's a big talker. He's a big time talker. Yeah, that's cool. I, I saw the video yesterday. I, I I took they had a thing outside the Wells Fargo Center a couple years ago where you could like drive through and it was like an uh-huh. outdoor exhibit. But this was like this was like a show. This was inside. like the show. It was like a it was like a movie, a live action movie. Kind of deal, yeah. With the dinosaurs and everything, and the, they had the the motorcycle. You know, my my thing when I was watching it, I was waiting for somebody to mess up because it, it had a lot of moving parts. Okay, it was like you know you had the you had the dialogue that was going on, and then you had all these people moving around doing this, that, and the third. And I was just waiting because they had motorcycles and cars, and I was waiting for either one of the motorcycle guys to wreck or somebody to get hit by a car that was impromptu. And, then it and it never happened. Well-oiled machine. It was a well-oiled machine. So you could say it was well-coordinated. Yeah, I was waiting for somebody to get hurt. Yeah. I don't know why I was. I wasn't rooting for it, but I was waiting to see it. 
Because I just wanted to be like, damn, he got jacked up. <laughs> but I didn't get a chance. Well, we'll to would have given us a story to talk about this for. That's yeah, for sure. yeah, that would have been a great story. All right, listen, we appreciate everyone out there listening to our first show. We're back tomorrow, obviously, at 10 a.m. And uh, again, thank you to Doc. That was awesome to have a Doc yeah, on. It really was. Yeah, Doc was great. Excited. If you missed it a few minutes ago, go check it out. The Odyssey app, Rewind. It's up at our, uh, our website as well. We have Ike Reese, John Marks, Ike. Marks, and Reese. They are coming up next. You guys enjoy the rest of your Monday. We'll talk tomorrow morning right here, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Holla. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.